1: Sue out front to Rice, a three-pointer good for the three, Jabari. Boy, just what a plus he has been for this Longhorn team. 11-6 Texas. Adrian Johnson on the dribble for the Mountaineers. Swings the left side, Stevenson off his hands, a turnover, and picked up by Tyrese Hunter for Texas. Tyrese driving in, goes up against bigger bodies, had a shot block, went again, got it again, and put it home. Third time was the charm for Hunter.
3: Smallest guy on the floor, two offensive
1: boards to put it back. He got popped two, two times on those putbacks. Texas 17, West Virginia 16, 7.40 to go first half. Longhorns win bound. They have four on the shot clock, 49.2 on the game clock. Timmy Allen will inbound for Texas. Looking, looking inside, still looking, swings it out in the car. Three seconds, two, Marcus drives, lofts, scores! What a runner by Carr. Delivers another dagger in the heart. And Texas is up eight with 45 seconds to go. 69-61. Wilson a long contested three, no good off the back iron. Rebound Marcus Carr. What a huge second half he's had. Bob Huggins has called off the dogs and the Longhorns are going to come to Morgantown, West Virginia and beat the West Virginia Mountaineers for the fourth time in the last five years. Texas will win this one by eight, and they'll go home 16-3 and 5-2 and and in Big 12 Conference play. Rodney Terry, Bob Huggins shake hands, and that'll do it. Final score tonight for Morgantown, Texas 69, West Virginia 61. Front court now to the left side, driving. Owens threw the ball into the corner, saved by Sarah Andrews. Up top to Caitlin Bickle. Back it goes. The ball knocked loose from her hands. Longhorn's come away with it in a foot race. Harmon goes around Bickle and scores off the glass. Shayla Gonzalez dribbles to the right side, drops it off now to Shay Holland. Now to Gaston. Left elbow jumper for Deanna Swish. She knocks it down, and Gaston... Eight in the period, 11 for the ball game. Longhorns have their largest lead, they're up 14. Longhorns have to hurry, down to five. Gonzalez not realizing it, down to two, down to one. Shoots it and it's good! Gonzalez says what? Me worry? No big deal. I'm gonna take the last shot of the third quarter. And she does. And it'll be inbounded to Owen. She'll fire up a long three. Missed it off the back iron. Rebound Amina Muhammad, 19 seconds to go. And Nikki Collins says that's enough. So they will call it off. And the Longhorns are going to get a win here in Waco. Muhammad has it, bounce pass to Gaston, off to Shady Gonzalez. Texas is going to get a huge win here. They go to 14-6 and, and one game out of first place in Big 12 Conference play. Final score here this afternoon in Waco, the Texas Longhorns 68, the Baylor Lady Bears 55. Pretty good road weekend. After a tough midweek road experience for Texas men's and women's basketball. Glad to have you with us this morning. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you alongside. Always pleased to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County. A proud, That's debatable. Well... Some might debate it. I don't know. What is not debatable is that he's a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. And uh, you knew him as uh, Highway 79 in his purple and white days as Florence Buffalo offensive lineman. Honorable mention all district. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeff Howell. How are you doing this morning?
0: You can just say raised on the correct side of FM 487.
1: No, you can say that. You know, I did. And I want you to know. I stopped in Gerald for gas yesterday on my way up to Waco. Oh man, how
0: was it? It was fine.
1: Did you plug your nose. Oh, I just the stench. Pulled into one of those several travel plazas that they have there along I Because As we know, the
0: best activity to do in Gerald is to stop and relieve yourself.
1: Or to refuel, right? Or to yeah. relieve yourself. <laughs> so I did not have to relieve myself. All I had to do was uh refuel to go up to Waco. Texas women's game yesterday. So I did that. Um, And uh, so anyway, yeah, Jeff Howe loves his Florence, Texas. Does not like Gerald, Texas, USA. But if you listen to this program, you know
0: that. Somebody texted in, I think, last week, and I might have gotten this on Twitter, too. Jeff versus Gerald, the rivalry we never knew we needed.
1: Ooh. Kind of like that. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I I, I want to get to a, a couple of business items real quick and uh, make by way of introductions a, a couple of things. Um, let me let me start off by saying uh, I understand completely understand uh, the questions that we had on the specs text line uh, last week. Uh, there were with regard uh, about our, our producer Snoop Daniel and there were a lot of folks who were to say hey where's he what what's what's going on we were not at liberty to say uh anything at the time and the only thing that we can tell you now is that Snoop is no longer with us no, no longer with the station and uh he has moved on and we wish him well and that's that's about it all that, that we know that we could say really and truly um so he's not with us with the radio station anymore he has moved on and uh, we do wish him well so I I know that uh, uh, some folks have questions where why what blah 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 I I don't have the answers for you I I can only tell you that uh, he has made the decision Uh, he has moved on and uh, we wish him well so with that that means that we were in need of a new producer now uh, our thanks so much to Ty Henderson filling in uh you know, last week uh, did an outstanding job.
0: Tyroneus did a very good job last week.
1: He really did. And, of course, you can hear Ty, uh, you know, when he's producing Bucky and Aaron every morning anyway. And he's around and doing that. But, also on Twitter for your betting
0: tips. Or, I'm sorry, for your unit plays. <laughs> for your unit plays. <laughs> yeah.
1: Check he out is, Ty's Twitter account. He is uh, um, Which brings us to uh, the topic of our new producer. And uh, fortunately for us, they did not have to look very far for this. Did not even really have to go uh, outside the building, so to speak, because he has uh, been a big part of what we have done over the past several uh, years. And uh, if you've heard him as a producer, you've heard him as a co-host, you've heard him as a uh, a host of a Longhorn football post-game call-in show. You've uh, heard him, uh, if you've uh, tuned in to IHS, IHS Fan as the uh, Play-by-play voice of the McNeil Mavericks last year. Prior to that, the LBJ Jaguars. Uh, so all of that is to say hello to our new producer, Cameron
3: Parker. Cam, thank you. How are you? What's up, guys? Glad to be on board.
1: I'm glad to have you with us. And uh, it's it. And 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 Cam, by the way, is also my on-site engineer for home games for Texas women's basketball as well and does an outstanding job. And he stepped in and filled in admirably for me on that day when I had the wreck coming back uh, from uh, during uh, the day before the Alamo Bowl when I was coming up to do the Texas women's game and car in front of me slammed on brakes and I slammed on brakes and the car behind me did not uh, and smashed into me. Uh, and, I, and it was going to be difficult getting there in time, so Cam stepped right in there because he carries – Play by play skills as well as tech skills. What other skills do you possess, Cameron?
3: Pretty much everything. Yeah. You know that it's the Uber Eats commercial? You know, the guy yeah. from that thing, right? I'm the guy from the thing. You're I the guy you from probably the thing? have seen me somewhere over the last four years doing something. Cameron's
0: like the Christian McCaffrey of the station. Doesn't yeah. matter what personnel grouping is in, he can line up in multiple positions
3: okay. and succeed and okay. Can we refer to
1: you as a Swiss Army knife also? Yeah. Yeah. kind of deal are you into the dark arts of wagering as some of these people in this building are
3: so i don't unit plays yeah right i love to talk about it and look at the lines and i love to help my friends out with it but i don't personally do it because you know they're always down about 500 dollars, and they're getting calls from their bookies so i I enjoy watching them bet. yeah (laughs) <laughs> I
1: understand that. I'm kind of in the same boat with you there, watching, because uh, you, you know, I I never I never have gotten into that uh, that side of it, and and I don't you know downgrade anybody who does. That's that's their choices. It's their money. That's their decisions. Things of that that nature. But I will tell you, for me, if if I had ever had any realistic thoughts. Of getting into that realm, and, and as a play-by-play guy, it's not advisable as well. But um, but if I'd had any thoughts about that, I, I gotta tell you that one of my favorite features to watch on television is Bad Beats with Scott Van Pelt when he's doing Sports Center. Because if that doesn't give you pause about thinking about getting into some of that wagering, I don't know what would. Because there's enough stuff to just. If you were that heavily into it on things like uh, what was it over under on a half of a college basketball game, and it winds up because somebody just launched a three quarter court thing just to end in the first half, and it happened to go in, I mean that kind of stuff might make you suicidal to think about some of that some of that stuff that goes down on that. So I have I you know I I you know I I have empathy and sympathy for them but by the same token you, you got to make your bet
3: on that deal i have friends who love to bet first round leaders for pj tour events oh yeah yeah and that's mm-hmm. always fun
0: cameron i have to ask you this because it came up on the specs text line in light of uh, some information that ty shed about himself while trying to pass on info by unit plays uh do you smoke meat on a pellet grill and do you drink zima by any chance
3: <laughs> <Zima>. <laughs> no and no unfortunately okay. Actually, that's fortunate because you said Zima? Zima. What's Zima? That is an old uh, boy. That's a
1: that's a big '90s product, isn't it? No, it made
0: a comeback. Uh, I want to say I was in college when it made a, a brief comeback.
1: It's an alcoholic beverage. Oh, uh, okay. It's
0: like your uh, wine cooler type thing, or your I forgot what the alternative name. Hey, there's Tyronius right there. Yeah, I, I think I
1: tasted it one time, and it tasted like Alka Seltzer. So I, I had enough of it. I didn't. I didn't go down.
3: Ty, the road.
0: To, Ty took it in the shorts from the listeners last week when he said he l- enjoyed smoking meat on the pellet grill, and apparently that was. His Texan card was revoked at that point.
3: Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um
0: By the way, speaking of smoked meat, shout out to uh up north, Craig, your former neck of the woods, not your current neck of the woods, because yep. you moved to northern Williamson County. Yes, I did. Uh
1: far northern which, I mean, I'm you, I'm right well, Gerald is at the far northern edge. That of it, Gerald Slato like
0: uh Yeah. Maybe Theon before I don't even think it technically exists as a town anymore, but I think I was technically the Williamson County Bell County line, or maybe yeah. I'm misremembering. But anyway, uh shout out to the Style Switch location in Cedar Park. I didn't know they had a location oh, yeah. far north. Oh yeah. Uh had to take Charlotte to a birthday party in Cedar Park yesterday. Uh-huh. The old splash shack. Yes. Like the indoor water park. It's it's awesome. It's perfect. And then went over to Style Switch to eat. Everything was on point. And that so. was
1: about a mile from my house yep. in Cedar Park. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, fourteen
0: thirty one, pretty much between Baghdad Road and uh, one eighty three.
1: Whitestone, Whitestone Boulevard. Yep. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You're right, and it's it's almost at the intersection of Lake Line and and uh, fourteen thirty. It was good, it was good stuff. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is good stuff. That uh, our friend Bevo Lance Jason the specs text line at 337-3776, says, Cam, uh, we need some unit plays or hot food takes. This is the show where sports meets food, gambling, and flaccid Florida stories. By the way, I have a Florida story for Inconceivable today. It's not a Florida man story. It's not a Florida woman story. It's not a Florida child story. It's a Florida animal story. Uh, That's that's part of Inconceivable uh, coming up. Um, So, Somebody said uh, Jeff used to put Jolly Ranchers in his Zima.
0: Ah, no. No, it didn't
1: happen. Uh, And and, and I I like Stoner's point. He says it's inversely related, though, the whole thing about bad beats. Every bad beat has an out-of-nowhere win in the other side. Both are part of the game. They are. But, boy, that is a – to borrow Vic Schaefer's phrase – it's a hell of a way to make a living. It's a miserable existence, that sort of thing. Vic wasn't too miserable after the game yesterday. We're going to hear uh, from him, my post-game conversation with him yesterday. Big win uh, for the Texas women. First time they won in Waco over Baylor. Uh, since Vic has been the coach, first time that Texas has won in Waco over Baylor in six years, since 2017. And uh, and then it was right after that that Baylor launched, I believe, a 13-game winning streak against Texas before the Longhorns beat them in the Big 12 tournament championship last year and then beat them yesterday so the Longhorns actually now have a two-game winning streak (laughs) they actually won two in a row uh against Baylor and they'll have another game against them coming up uh big weekend obviously uh for Longhorn Hoops we're going to hear as well coming up here uh from Rodney Terry uh we'll hear uh, from Marcus Carr as well we do have a Longhorn Notebook coming up it's some news that you may have already heard some things about it kind of uh um, enters the zone from high school into college football with a local Austin flavor. So we'll have yep. that with our Longhorn Notebook. Uh, so there's a lot to get to on the program. Now.
0: By the way, real quick, on the text line. Yeah. And I, I did look this up, and this is correct, so thank you, Texter. Zima was actually a clear malt liquor. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, uh, it was much later. Uh, Miller Coors has it. They brought it back in 2017 and 2018 okay. as a summer
1: release. Is it still around? No. Okay.
0: It did not make its return in 2020 or 2019, and then I'm assuming there were bigger fish to fry in the summer of 2020.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, now we're seeing all of these, uh, in addition to IPAs and micro brews and things like that, ranch waters, and you know, lots of different. Lots of different beverage options Mm -hmm. uh, that are out there for a lot of folks, no doubt about it.
0: I took advantage of the beverage options at uh, at your wedding.
1: Yeah, you did. Oh, you're going (laughs) to like this. You're going to like this. Here's a picture. I was... uh, I was, uh, it, you know, Friday was Linda's birthday, so we could that. And actually, is the, tonight is the night when we're finally going to be able to celebrate a little bit. We're going to go out to dinner because Friday I was traveling to West Virginia, and I was up there Saturday and in Waco yesterday, uh, so we, we're going to do this. But she was going through a couple of pictures. Somebody had a picture of her, or she had a picture uh, from the wedding, from the reception, and it was looking at whether it was going to be a post or something. And in the background, clear as crystal, is Jeff Howe at the bar <laughs> hey, getting a beverage. I at the bar, you're at one of the, what, we had like two bar setups on yeah. opposite, on diagonal ends, yeah. right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I forget uh, what
0: you told me the cost per head was for beverage that night, but I was going to make sure I got my money's worth.
1: You did. You got your money's worth. It was worth. 68 per head, as it turned out, and and you you helped out tremendously on some of that, you know, you, you shored it up for I those. I did my students. part. Um, you know, you were at that corner bar, if I remember correctly, that's the one where Aaron Hardigan yep. and Ashley Pickle and uh and Ashley's boyfriend all went over to get a tequila shot. I did not partake in the shot. No, you did not. But here's the story. They go over there to get a tequila shot, and the bartender refused to serve them a shot. He did not want to serve them a shot. Like, come on, we need a tequila shot. And they turn around, and they see Linda's walking up, and she's going, what's going on? And they said, we wanted to get a tequila shot. Linda, walking up, you know, looking so gorgeous in her wedding dress, walks up to the bartender and says, I need four tequila neat. (laughs) And he goes, oh, you mean a shot? And she goes, yes. He's not going to turn down the bride. Hands are four shots. They all get it. They do that as a celebratory wedding shot, and there's photos of that going around. But it took the bride in full bridal attire asking the bartender, I need four tequila, neat.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I realized that I've told myself I'm way past the point. I'm at the age where the shot is no longer... It, it can no longer happen. No, it's just it's it's going to lead to disaster. so okay. I, just, I shy away from it.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. But
0: the good old mixed drink is, is
1: plenty. There you go. Me. There you go. All right. So anyway, that was good. Our man CB on the uh, Specs Tax line. I love that. I love how he 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 just sent a video of some Zima pouring. Because Zimas were big in my high school days in the late nineties. They were. Yeah. Somebody said I feel old by uh, Mr. Producer just having to ask. Uh, what Zima was? Oyv, <laughs> having to ask about that. We that that happens, you know that 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 happens about it. Somebody asking on the specs text line. Any news on Rory Harmon? On uh, I'll hang up and listen. Uh, you'll hear it from Vic on the post game. I think she's going to be okay. They were going to take a closer look at. It. For those who didn't know, it was about four minutes to go in the game. She took a horrible spill. Basically, got tripped. Uh, An inadvertent trip, but trip nevertheless and just kind of pirouetted and hit the floor hard. And and She was conscious and all of that stuff, but in pain and was down on the floor for a couple of minutes. They Eventually, with the training and medical staff, helped her to her feet. She went down into a corner area there at the feral Center and kind of in those tunnel areas without having to go all the way to the other end of the mm-hmm. arena to go into the locker room. Kind of collected herself. Uh, you know, got some fluids in her and things like that. She ended up kind of Not really hobbling, but just slow walking back to the bench. She did visit with Vic after the game. She feels better. She said it more scared her than anything. And he said, you'll hear Vic say, scared the hell out of me. But uh, they were going to check her out again today. But I think they were pretty confident she was going to be okay and be ready to go when they play Oklahoma for first place on Wednesday night. That that game will be for their one game back of Oklahoma – in the Big 12 standings, and it's their first of two meetings with the Sooners, and so they'll play them uh, you know, uh, at, for uh, first place on that. Uh, in fact, um, can we uh, have the uh, Vic Schaefer interview here? We'll just do that one here, and then we'll, we'll get into talking about long men's basketball. And, yes, we're not dodging the Dallas Cowboys. Got to talk about the Cowboys. I oh, to yeah, have to we'll do that. that. Let me say,
0: just save that for the second hour where I can collect myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. gather my thoughts. So had to get to that. Here's, here's the conversation. the Johnny Cash music. <laughs> here's the conversation uh, after the Texas women's 68-55 win over Baylor uh, yesterday, uh, late yesterday afternoon and early yesterday evening with head coach Vic Schaefer. Vic, I, I don't know what else you could say about how important and how clutch your team was this afternoon, especially down the stretch here today.
2: Man, they uh, they played really good, Craig. I was, you know, we we weren't perfect. We turned it over way too much, but boy, we had some kids make some big shots for us. And I tell you, I was really proud of our defense today. I I think they're really hard to guard, and I just I thought our defense was. They tried, you know. That's all we talked about in pre. Just try, man. Just play hard, and you know when. Oh, good Lord rewards you when you try. He usually takes care of the rest, and. Um, I just thought we tried today. We really, really tried. Um, I love the way we started the game and we started the third quarter. I thought we punched first, and um, you know, I'm hoping Rory's okay. It doesn't temper my day because this is a great win. I don't know, win the last time Texas won here in Waco, but um, it's been a hard place for us over the years. And I just, I'm just really proud of my kids, man. They, they showed some toughness today, boy. They, they made some plays and. Made some defensive plays, and I'm proud of them, Craig, boy. It's just hard to do in this league, going on the road. And that's a big win.
1: One of the impressive things, Vic, was how in that first half, which both teams were kind of drawn into a rock fight, lots of turnovers, lots of missed shots. In the second half, in that third quarter, there was a real attacking mode by your team, and they really took much better care of the basketball in the second half, and, and shots then started to fall.
2: I thought Rory did a good job of exploiting it when it was there and not doing it when it wasn't there. And we talked about trying to control tempo uh, because we had done that in the Big 12 tournament. We controlled the tempo and we didn't turn it over. Well, we turned it over today just like 19 times. Uh, seven in the second half, 12 in the first. And, and Gaston's got five of them and Rory's got five. But, you know, we played through it. We found a way to, to get it done. Again, it's not our best day, y'all. I'm still looking for that best day, but to be able to come in here and play like they did and. Again, a place that hadn't been real, real fun, you know, for the horns the last few years. I just, I couldn't be more proud of them. I just thought they really showed some toughness and resilience, and again, thought we made some really big shots, boy. Just uh, and got some great stops.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Taylor also had big moments for you, even though it wound up fouling out. She had some huge rebounds for you and some big buckets.
2: Yeah, five for eleven, and and get seven rebounds and. Hattie just, you know, she's in a little bit of foul trouble tonight and, and um, didn't get to play a whole lot. But boy, she made a tough shot down there on the baseline. We were kind of dying on the vine. I'm telling you, maybe not one bigger. And uh, so, you know, it's a great win. It's great to win on the road, man. It's so hard to win on the road. Um, proud of our kids. That's a lot of points there in the fourth quarter, y'all. Uh, 44 points. And I thought we looked tired doing it, you know. So. Great win for the Horns and we uh, get home and got a big one Wednesday night at home. We need a lot of people there.
1: I know you got a chance to visit with Rory afterwards. We all hope for the best. It was, she was tripped looking at a replay going in there, and I know there was a lot of uh, real concern because she was down for a bit and you were over there for a while. Eventually, training and medical staff got her off the floor, and then she came back a few minutes later, and I know she had a few words for you anyway when she, when she came back over to the bench.
2: Yeah, she said that they said, you know, Hopefully she's okay. We'll get her looked at good by a doctor when we get back. But she said it scared her, you know, more than anything. I get that, man. It scared the hell out of me too. And uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, we'll hope, you know, we'll hope and pray, and, and I, you know, that she's okay. And uh, again, kid played, you know, tough again tonight and uh, makes some great. Says six rebounds. I challenge those guards to go get rebounds. Well, Shaylee was challenged to get six. She got six. Rory was challenged to get six. She got six. I only asked Sonia to get four. She gets seven. And so just super, super proud of of that and that effort to hold them to 31% in their own building. Uh, look, man, that's just playing really, really hard. That's all I can say. So proud of our kids. Just, I mean, it's it just hard to win on the road, y'all. It just, uh, especially in here, it's been extremely difficult. And uh You just got to be proud of them, Craig. They they just really played really really hard
1: tonight. For everything you and what this team has been through, you're playing for first place on Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, can you believe it? It
2: just (laughs) makes you sick because you know you feel like you gave two away, and really we didn't give them away. We just you know we just we didn't have some things happen that were beneficial for us, and it is what it is. But uh, I'm proud of I'm proud of where we are. I'm proud of the fight in them tonight. Um, We got a big one Wednesday, but they're all big in this league, so. Uh, getting one on the road, boy, really big.
1: Yeah, I- indeed. And so now uh, Texas at 5-2 and two, uh, in the league. And um, uh, the Longhorns will uh, uh, will be back in action on Wednesday night against Oklahoma, the first of their two meetings with the Sooners. And uh, Oklahoma's in first place in the Big 12 standings, so it'll be a big matchup on uh, Wednesday night. That's at 7 o'clock, and you can hear it on 105.3 The Bat at Moody Center. Tomorrow night, Longhorn Men against Oklahoma State. We'll have more on that coming up. That's an 8 o'clock tip. So we'll have more on that coming up, and we have our Longhorn Notebook coming up next as we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on bluenile.com. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Ray Jeff Howe with you. Hey, on the Specs Text Line, Jeff. Somebody letting us know that uh, they sell Zima at world market. Currently. Great. I
0: will be getting over there never. <laughs> Zima, I'm not
1: gonna go over there to hook up some Zima there, okay. I
0: you know what well, I'm I'm sure I've had a Zima at some point. I I could not tell you the distinct taste of zima that's how few of those I've ever had.
1: i i like I said I tasted one one time somebody that uh uh had one uh and I tasted it and it tasted like alka seltzer to me so i just I, I was like nah not for me uh you know so other folks might like liked it but it just it just was uh not for me somebody uh, loving the fact that story I told about Linda at the wedding said what a woman that one's a definite keeper mm-hmm. yeah 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 and so we'll Celebrate her birthday a couple of days late. I warned her about this when we got in into the relationship. I said dates on the calendar—they're ah, going to have to be a little flexible. <laughs> I, I found out right. that I married one of the most flexible people on the planet. She's very, she's very, very flexible about a lot of things. She's she rolls with the punches really, really well, and and uh, just is just hey, look, let's 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 go, whatever we got to do. Don't worry about it. Um, so, anyway, that, that that's the deal with that. All right. So, uh, we'll know. Uh, there it is at World Market if you want it, Jeff. You can, you can, uh I indulge yourself in some Zima. I'll get over there never. Okay. All right. Don't plan on it. What, what we do plan on doing right now is Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook right now. So, we'll uh, get to that, uh, to the uh, Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Notebook. All right. It's a Longhorn Notebook, and it's brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. I talk about uh, letting her do for you what she did for me and Linda, is to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap because she's the person who can make and carry out that 10-day home loan approval. Not only that, she continues to service it after all of that said and done. I just got a, I got an a email from her the other day showing the value of my home since the purchase, and it's gone up significantly, so that's that's good to know. Bowersockteam.com is where you go for all that great info. Alright,
0: so I, I want to talk, uh, we'll get to Jamal Finner here in just a minute, but I, yeah. I want to talk about A.D. Mitchell, his commitment. Sure. We talked about it on Friday, it was kind of a formality at that point that the Georgia transfer, once he got to campus, and once we confirmed that he was on campus, it was just going to be a formality that he committed to Texas, and he did over the weekend, signed, sealed, so delivered, all that stuff uh, to the 40 acres, but I, I wanted to look at where he can help this offense the most, Craig. And really, where he can help this offense a ton uh, is in the deep passing game. So I went back and pulled up the numbers, looked at Pro Football Focus. Over his two seasons at Georgia, remember he had the ankle injury this year. He missed some mm-hmm. games, so it's not two full seasons, but it's a big enough sample size. On um, passes of 20 yards or more down the field. And, you know, we. Stetson Bennett gets a lot of grief for not being able to throw the deep ball and he doesn't Mm -hmm. have that strong of an arm. Well, it's it's great when you've got targets like A.D. Mitchell who can go down the field, go up and get it. Uh, 17 times over the last two seasons, Craig, he has been targeted, according to Pro Football Focus, on passes of 20 yards or more down the field. Eight catches on those 17 targets. That's a 47% catch rate. And I'll get to another uh, deep threats receiving numbers here in just a second to give you a good comparison. Sure. So 17 targets, 8 catches, it's a 47% catch rate, 217 yards, 5 touchdowns. So it's 8 catches on deep balls, 5 of those went for touchdowns. On contested catches of 20-plus yards or more down the field, 9 opportunities, 5 catches, that's a 56% contested catch rate. Let's go to Isaiah Nayer's numbers his last year at Wyoming because all we talked about last offseason, and rightfully so, was how, as a deep threat, he was going to help that offense. Isaiah Nayer's numbers at Wyoming, now granted, it's more. 33 targets in 2021 on passes of 20 yards or more down the field, 13 catches, so that's a 39.4% catch rate. Remember, A.D. Mitchell over his career is at 47%, uh, 439 yards for Nayer, 7 touchdowns, so 13 catches on the deep ball, 7 touchdowns for Nayer. But that contested catch rate I talked about, A.D. Mitchell's about 56% on the contested catch rate. Isaiah Nair at 58.3. So both of those guys, if you look at the sample size in their most productive times in college, both guys can do a really good job for you of stretching the field and, more importantly, making contested catches down the field. Now, when you go look at the deep passing game, obviously we look at Quinn Ewer's numbers. And even to an extent when Hudson Card was in there, I felt like, you know, HUD really the West Virginia game, his last start. We saw the deep ball start to click a little bit more. He hit one to Sanders. He hit the big one to Worthy, where Worthy made a contested catch. But looking at Quinn Ewers from a passing depth standpoint, on throws of 20 yards or more down the field, 16 of 52, that's a 31% completion rate, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Did suffer from three drops. He had five turnover-worthy plays, according to Pro
1: Football Focus. But <laughs> that's a turnover-worthy play. Of course <laughs> – Dak's throw last night that was almost intercepted, almost a pick six on that next-to-last drive, that would be a turnover-worthy play, wouldn't it? Oh,
0: absolutely, 100%. <laughs> By the way, Dak was, uh, I think, in the top 10 in the league this year in turnover-worthy yeah. throws. But if you look at Quinn Ewers, Craig, his NFL quarterback rating, according to PFF, 63.9% on the deep ball. That was his lowest in terms of any range on the field. His quarterback rating in the intermediate game, 10 to 19 yards, 813 The quarterback rating in the short game, 90.5. And on those throws behind the line of scrimmage or bubble screens and things of that nature, 121.7. So Quinn Ewers was really good in the short game. It just – I didn't like the fact that it took him to the bowl game to really take advantage of that. I thought that was growth for Quinn, growth for Sark in the bowl game, like we talked about, being willing to take – those short to intermediate shots that the defense is going to give you. But Texas needs to be a better deep ball throwing offense. We know Sark loves the deep ball. He wants to take the deep shots. I think it's going to be easier when you've got if you've got a healthy Isaiah Nayer and A.D. Mitchell, you've got two guys that can legitimately stretch the field. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think Xavier Worthy he was most impacted by Isaiah Nayer's injury because now he had to be the deep threat. Whereas now if you've got two guys on the outside that can stretch the field, we know what Jordan Whittington is in terms of being a multifaceted player. Mm-hmm. Think about Jordan Whittington almost like you think about what L.J. Humphrey did for the Texas offense in 2018. He's, yep. he's you know just natural with the ball in his hands. He can play two and through contact, do so many different things for you. Now with Xavier Worthy, now you can use him in the short game where he can be more effective, where he is at his best in terms of being able to run after the catch. So just keep that in mind when you think about what A.D. Mitchell brings to the table in terms of being a deep threat. Let's talk about Jamal Finner, sure. resigned his post at LBJ this morning, my man Mike Roach who's been all over the story at Horns 24-7 citing multiple sources that Jamal Finner is expected to be named, hasn't officially been yet, we haven't seen anything come down expected to be named the new director of high school relations at Texas that's the position that opened up when Chris Gilbert left to take a job Craig, at your alma mater at North Texas mm-hmm. as the Titans coach and the assistant head coach for Eric Morris, uh, you've gotten to know Coach Finner, really, we all know Coach yep. Finner but you've gotten to know him really really well over the last couple of years and this year, calling as many LBJ games as you called. I think this hire is really good for a number of reasons, uh, but I think both for Texas it benefits you because I think Sart got the profile of the kind of guy he wanted in terms of his connections all across the state. And two, I think for Coach Fenner, if the next step beyond this is to get a college coaching job, you can take one of these player personnel jobs, and you don't even have to leave your hometown to do it. You go right down the street to a big-time Power 5 school and take one of these off-field jobs, I, I think it's great for all parties involved.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. And um, uh, from, from his relationship with high school coaches, uh, I think it's an excellent hire for Sark, and he'll have an opportunity really networking a lot. Of, he has a great deal of respect across the state of Texas. For Jamal, uh, I think it was the next step for him. He, he had done landmark work at LBJ. When you think about it, when he took over when Andrew Jackson was ill and ultimately passed away from cancer, when he took over from the beloved Coach Jack, uh, he then elevated the level of play even higher than what Coach Jackson had done for them to go to places they had never been before. Uh, Cam Parker did their play by play a couple of years ago. You remember what, what it was uh, like working uh, uh with Coach Fenner, always always good and always engaged with his kids really, really well.
3: Yeah, and he was—he was a class act from the very first time I met him all the way through these past few years, and like you just mentioned, Craig, what he's done for that program is incredible, and what he's done for the Austin area—it's a great hire. When I saw Mike Roach's tweet this morning, I thought, man, Sark really hit this one.
1: Yeah, and and I and I'm glad, I'm happy for Jamal as well because I think I. I, I I always hesitate to say a coach had done all he could do at a program because, first of all, the coach is going to tell you, oh, no, 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 there's more we can do. We can win a state title. We can do this. We can do better and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, But in terms of a new challenge for him, a different type of challenge, uh, I think that that that's where that steps in, and I think that's I think that's a really good move for
0: him. Coach Fender's final numbers at LBJ in four full seasons as the head coach 18-19-20, eighteen nineteen twenty to five full seasons uh, eighteen to twenty two a forty nine and thirteen record obviously in twenty twenty uh, LBJ goes fifteen to, or actually uh, played in the class two a division uh I'm sorry four a division one state championship game in twenty twenty one in twenty twenty they made the run to the uh, to the state semifinals yeah so like you said Craig stuff that hasn't been done in AISD in a long time.
1: And never before at LBJ. Right. So uh, so, congrats to uh, Jamal. Yeah. And, and by the way, to Sark the football program, too. I think it does. I think it's think a good thing. Uh, somebody had asked on the Specs text line, any word on wide receivers coach?
0: Nothing yet, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are eliminated and everything we've heard is Chris Jackson looks like the the primary guy that Sark has targeted. So I, I would expect if indeed he is the guy, if this comes to fruition, I wouldn't expect to wait much longer.
1: So what you're saying then is you're not you're not expecting this particular question to Fully take the place of the Brockermeyer question, you know. No. It won't get nope. asked as much.
0: No, nope. I uh, I feel you know if it's Chris Jackson, it's only a matter of time. I wouldn't be shocked if something came down really soon. But and then I, you feel like it's Chris Jackson because I haven't heard of any other name surface since his name surfaced last week as the lead candidate, or actually two weeks ago, week whenever it was as the lead candidate before the Jaguars played that uh, wild card game against the Chargers.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so there you go. Uh, That's our Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Up next, we'll bring you Inconceivable. Uh, Still to come on the program, we'll uh, hear uh, from Rodney Terry, and uh, we'll hear from Marcus Carr. We'll do that as well when we recap the Longhorn men's basketball win. So we'll do that. Somebody, uh, not an app guy uh, watching on Twitch, because Timber Creek, seeing the uh, hoodie I'm wearing, Timber Creek Tigers. This is not uh, Timber Creek High School in Keller, which I believe is the Falcons. They're no, this would be Timber Creek Elementary School in Flower Mound. This is the uh, the current level of uh, higher education institution for my oldest grandchild.
0: There you go. Yeah,
1: he's a Timber Creek Tiger, so I was like, I gotta have one of those when when the stuff went on. So that's this. This is where my uh, this is where Theo, my oldest grandson, uh, goes to elementary school in Flower Mound.
0: Just speaking. And speaking of family ties to yeah. uh, you know high school education and sure. state of Texas education uh, establishments, I will have a note in the Flex update next hour that has a connection to me.
1: Ooh! Yeah. I eagerly look a forward no to that. Right there. As Hobson, the great uh, Butler in, in the movie Arthur said, "I look forward to that with great eagerness."
0: See, Cameron didn't know about Zima. I, your, frame, your, your frame of reference, my frame of reference there
1: is completely gone. I have no idea what you just said. Arthur, the yeah. movie? No. Oh, see, now that's it. one that does hold up over time. Okay. You should, you should watch that. If you and your undershirt would take three steps backward, I might enter this dwelling. Not released in 1981? Oh, great movie. Great movie.
0: It's a Dudley Moore. Flick. Yes.
1: Okay. He's Arthur. I gonna have to check that uh, out. Oh, yeah. The, the sequel's not good. As sequels rarely are. But the original one is just outstanding. And Sir John Gilgood is Hobson is as good as it gets there on that. All right. Uh coming uh, and by the way, Liza menelli who's the love interest in that, her father is because you're a big Seinfeld fan, is 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 a younger version and, and it's the same guy, uh, just at a younger age, Jerry's dad. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So He's at the younger age of him. So anyway. All right. Uh coming up, we'll bring you inconceivable as we continue to light the tower here on the horn, 1049-1019-AM twelve sixty. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Ah, there it is, Arthur's theme. By the way, Arthur's theme from Christopher Cross. Austin, Texas' own Christopher Cross. You know. And I know Jeff has heard this tune. From Austin's own Christopher Cross. That's Arthur's theme. It's the theme from the movie, by the way. From 1981. So... Might, might have to be on the list for okay. movies that Jeff needs to get. Meanwhile, let's roll on into Inconceivable here. Inconceivable.
0: Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the
1: horde. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, we got a couple of different things to uh, look at uh, with regard to that. Um... One of these uh, was something that my brother sent me the other day. Oh, he, he sent it to me with the intention of me uh, reading it Friday, and I said I was traveling, so I couldn't do it on Friday. Uh, the headline is, I think you'll appreciate this, Jeff, a man who told his friend he hooked a huge fish Moments before being dragged underwater, is still missing four days later. Good lord! Yeah, it's uh, uh, authorities are searching for a 63-year-old fisherman that was dragged overboard by a large fish. This happened in Hawaii. Uh, his friend said the fish is huge. Uh, before was it disappearing, a fish? Miles, what's that? Was it a bonita fish? Uh, I, 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 it's I, Put it this way it's a huge fish off the coast of Honanau, Hawaii. Uh, Hawaiian police said that Mark Niddle, who is about 5'10 and 185 pounds, okay, he's not a little man, you know, he was of an average height and size, was fishing for ahi tuna with a friend approximately four miles from the a boat ramp when he disappeared. The friend said he heard Niddle say, This fish is huge! And then he went over the edge and was gone. His friend tried to That's grab... a huge fish! His friend tried to grab his line, but Niddle quickly disappeared. The friend jumped into the water to search but couldn't find him. Uh, of course, the ahi tuna, I don't know if that was him, but... Um, if it was an eye tuna, but they can grow to 400 pounds and be as long as six feet. 400 pounds? 400 pounds. It's not as big as that hog my
0: dad processed that one time, but it's pretty big. Yeah, but could the hog swim? I don't know, but you remember how much that hog weighed? That hog weighed some hundred
1: pounds. That's right. Deep-sea fishing experts said that standard tuna weigh about 130 pounds, and anything over 200 pounds is considered big. Uh, Darwin... Okinawa of the Hawaii County Fire Department Assistant Chief of Operations said if there's a fish that's actually pulling him around you don't know where he could go. When hooked, ahi tuna usually do not jump but they'll make sudden sideways turns and swim in large circles. Considering the weight, this can be an exhausting experience and then you would have to have patience while trying to reel them in. Uh, They searched for him for 72 hours the search is concluded. Um, so you said what constitutes a big fish? Any, if it's over what? Uh, any, a tuna. A tuna? A, anything okay. over 130. Okay. Um, it said if you don't get your gear right or you get your hand wrapped in that line, those fish are all muscle. I've been trying to even figure out what the hell happened with this guy. If you're hand lining and wrapping your hands incorrectly, you could get pulled over and be along for the ride and they're strong. Because my my first guess would be, why not let go? And maybe it's not as simple as just letting go. He could have gotten a line wrapped around his hand.
0: Tom Emily Wolf fan, I think, is onto something. Yeah? My guess is they're going to find out the surviving friend killed him and made up this story after dumping his body at sea. Wow. That one Bison Daly thing is going on.
1: Wow. Did they ever
0: find Bison Daly's body, by the way? I don't. They're supposed did. to be a. Uh, was it Vice was I think going to do something on that? Yeah, I'll check that.
1: Yeah, you're good into that world. Yeah. finding out some of those. The other CD, things. the CD underbelly the of CD sports stories, underbelly. Uh, that speaking of CD other, underbelly, I, I have a question for Cameron, uh, and not that your CD or underbelly or anything like that. Um, one, I it, this has just kind of happened. It hasn't really been a requirement or a prerequisite but Ty Henderson last week revealed to us and of course our former producer Snoop they were both big McDonald's fans are you a McDonald's fan oh yeah okay Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Do you have a go-to meal? Any answer other than breakfast is wrong, Cameron. That see, you no. he says that. I, uh, I I disagree with that.
3: McDouble, mayo, ketchup, cheese only, medium fry, and a vanilla milkshake. See,
0: nice. Before they decided, here's they're started tearing their bud their, their value menu. McDonald's used to have. It was right up there with Wendy's in terms of best dollar menu.
1: Yeah. They have a $1, $2, and a $3 value menu on I the deal. I ain't here for all that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> uh, I told you about the research I did to discover. Excuse me. I had a little sneeze there. That I had to discover what the difference was between a McDouble and a double cheeseburger. And that I re- I, bought, I bought both one time just because I wanted to see. Cause I think was, I
0: remember this, but refresh.
1: Me. There's about 40 cents difference between the two. So I bought both one time so okay, what's the difference between the McDouble and the double cheeseburger? You know what it is? One slice of cheese. The McDouble is two patties with one slice of cheese. Double cheeseburger is two patties with two slices. Forty of cents cheese. for a piece of cheese. That's it. That's that that's the difference on that deal. Anyway, the reason why I bring this up is I've never been to this particular McDonald's location because my time in the Dominion of Canada has been brief i haven't spent much time in canada i've been to toronto i've been to montreal but i've not been to much in canada but in ottawa the capital canada. city what's that canadia yeah there's a mcdonald's in ottawa that's been branded the world's worst mcdonald's due to uh, constant disturbances
2: uh-
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something about the dead dude on the sign. I'm like, well, that, I mean, that would explain if there was a mishap involving bad bathrooms. Oh, bathroom, this I mean, goes that would be...
1: far beyond that. Jeez, okay. Fights between customers, sexual acts taking place in the bathrooms, oh, drug deals. First gained notoriety in 2013 after a video was posted showing a man pulling a baby raccoon out of his sweater during a fight. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> uh, so forget getting busy in a Burger King bathroom.
0: This cat went to McDonald's and decided to get down.
1: Part of this McDonald's chaotic energy, as it has been termed, is due to its location in the heart of the tourist district where many bars and restaurants are located. People often will flock there late at night after spilling out of the bars, got the munchies, need eat something. So they go in there. Well, they've had so many disturbances... In 2022, police were called to that particular McDonald's over 150 times. Man. And that number was down 800 from 2018. So finally, McDonald's has thrown up its hands and said, we're closing it. 38 years there due to the, quote, ongoing criminal activity and social disorder that happened. At that McDonald's.
0: So this is like the Waffle House of McDonald's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then some out of that. Uh, By the
0: way, I see all these Waffle House fights yeah. on social media. I've never been in a Waffle House where a fight's breaking out. It's been very hospitable whenever I've been in the Waffle House. There you House.
1: go. That's good. Uh, give Waffle
0: House a bad rap.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's, here's a story about, um, you know me, when it comes to uh, Venomous Snakes where do I like to go to find the best venomous snake story? Is
0: this, uh, are you reverting to being our Australian correspondent here?
1: Here we go again. We got another one here. A man has been hospitalized after stepping on a highly venomous snake in his own home in Australia. Before going in to the house. hospital, he caught the snake in a jar so he could show his doctors what had bitten him. Can you imagine that snake bites you? Then you grab it and you get him in a jar? Uh, it's an eastern small eyed snake in Queensland. Uh, so he said, uh, this this gentleman, Drew Godfrey, said, we were told over the phone it was a juvenile and belly black. Being late at night, our suspicions was that it was a small red belly, but a smaller, much more venomous species, the eastern small-eyed snake. Upon arrival, our suspicions were confirmed. So, it's only 11 to 16 inches long, but that's dangerous. That's just dangerous there. Uh, and finally, I said I would get to this uh, deal about uh, uh, a Florida animal or reptile, to uh, be uh, to be exact about this, and it's because it's not a Florida man story. We usually save those for uh, Friday, and uh, this one is a young alligator found in a plastic container. In New Jersey. Oh,
0: we, we did this, Remember one this for Inconceivable So you Friday. did that while they yeah. got
1: him back to Florida? Did you no, get that part? we didn't get the, the Here's update. Here's your update. Okay. Here's your update. He's been relocated to another zoo in the state, but it's going to be transferred to an alligator sanctuary in Florida. Three-foot-long gator, as you reported the other day, found in a plastic container in an empty lot in Neptune, New Jersey. Uh, of course, they're illegal to keep his pets in New Jersey. Probably a lot of other states as well. A good Samaritan called in the wayward creature to the Monmouth County SPCA. Uh, It was transferred to New Jersey Department of Fish. It is going to be transferred to the Florida Alligator Sanctuary. So there it is, and there is inconceivable. And there is the first hour of the program. We'll have hour number two of Light the Tower with Craig and Jeff coming your way right here. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, for live, local, and digital on the Horn app and HornFM.com.